I have heard some rumors. I'm not sure if they're entirely true, being that uh, the rain comes from an old bridge that had collapsed in Montreal. They have made the, the iron from the bridge into rings that you wear, and it's supposed to hurt when you're signing documents. So yeah. That's pretty cool. I yeah. wonder if there's any, any truth to it. I hope not. <laughs> Lindsay for the School to Work podcast. Today we are talking with Stefan, who is an engineering student at Concordia, and we're going to talk about his experience as a student and expectations about life after graduation. So welcome, Stefan. Hello. Can you tell me a little bit about your School to Work experience in terms of your academic pathway so far and what you're planning to do once you graduate? Sure, yeah. So I started my academic career at John Abbott College. I studied computer science and then transitioned into pure and applied science. And then from there, I enrolled in at Concordia in civil engineering, and as of the fall, specializing in structural engineering. Can you tell us a little bit about what structural engineering is? Just Civil engineering is very broad. Mm-hmm. There is, I mean, hundreds, I think hundreds of different disciplines in civil engineering, from water, engineering, transportation, the list goes on. So structural is more like you're building bridges, you're building roads, uh, uh, buildings, Pretty much everything that's a freestanding structure that isn't moving is structural engineering. In terms of my work experience, I've only had maybe one relevant job experience that relates to my field. I had an internship. It was a surveying job. What does that consist of having a surveying job? So a surveyor is basically you're on the field, you're measuring angles, you're measuring distances. The goal is to um, create like a map so that the engineer can design a building or, or a path or a road. A surveyor just basically looks through um, a tripod. The tripod is connected to an electronic distance measurement device, and um, you use that to measure your, your parameters. And in terms of having that experience versus your in-class work, do you find it's comparable in terms of what you're learning in the classroom to what's, what you applied uh, during your internship experience? Yes and no. I mean, we did take a course in surveying. Uh, it is a mandatory course, and it did help. You did learn a lot about a lot of the uh, devices that we use on the on the field and the job. However, when you're working, it's a little bit more go 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 in the work environment, and it's more laid back. I guess you can't really teach that in class, but it's not exactly the way you learn it in class. So, and in terms of your pathway to get into Concordia, what do you think made you especially a strong candidate in terms of applying? Originally, civil engineering wasn't my main focus. Okay. It wasn't until I traveled a little bit in 2006, and I was able to see um, a lot of the the structures and the and the bridges and the roads in um, in Europe. I think that was what motivated me. I I went to Africa in 2006, and Europe was uh, where where we stayed for a bit. We saw a lot of structures, and I think that's what kind of motivated me to have a hand in that. And then when when we went to Africa, we saw that there was a lot of room for development, uh, structural development. So I think that also motivated me to go into uh, in civil engineering. So, so the fact that I took computer science at, at John Abbott didn't really help, but it did. Uh, no, I can't say it didn't help because it did. It did familiarize me with a lot of the programs that I'm using now. But uh, I would say a lot of what, what went on in at Abbott wasn't very wasn't really a um, a direct transition from CJEP to. To university, to university yeah. I mean. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting, the, the system here in Quebec, because outside of the province, it's really high school to university. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people see Sage up this two-year college program. Right, right. It's an opportunity to kind of have, you know, a two-year learning period between high school and university where you gain a little bit more independence. You're not exactly. being 
watched over so critically, but still a transition from one. No, yeah, to definitely the next. is a transition. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're not always prepared for that. And I think uh, I think more time could have been spent in, in CJEP just preparing you for what's to come in, mm-hmm. at university. But mm-hmm. yeah. And in terms of, I know you mentioned obviously your travel experience in Europe and in Africa. And I think it's interesting because I recently saw. Um, a quote someplace that was basically saying that for today's youth that they should not be thinking, we shouldn't be asking them what do you want to do in the future. It should be more like find a problem that you see and obviously think of how you could be part of the solution. Solution, exactly. Yeah, that's definitely what engineering is. It's Mm -hmm. just basically problem solving and Mm -hmm. that's what kind of led me towards it. It was, I saw something I liked in Europe which was the structures and, and and their, their architecture and everything and I wanted to bring that to to Africa, where my parents live, so it's just it was just an issue that I wanted to solve, and I felt like civil engineering was the best best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you mentioned obviously you're interested in problem solving. So, what else do you think in terms of both skills, required skills, and interests? What kind of um, characteristics do you think a potential student for engineering should possess in terms of their interests? Yeah, so obviously you want to you want to be interested. That you want to you want to have that that problem solving kind of persona and, and curiosity about you but also you obviously have to be strong in some science subjects physics math are very important you need to be able to think critically and think fast mm-hmm. so it's not i mean unfortunately you can't just be a really good problem solver you also have to be really good at math and physics so i'm sure there are other engineering disciplines that maybe require less um proficiency in in science but for the most part you have to be pretty good at those subjects, mm-hmm. yeah, to do well. And I mentioned that your family is originally from Ghana and that I think we had had a previous conversation where you mentioned that you and your brother are the first to go to university, right, which I yeah. think is like a common enough experience for our right. generation, but obviously it's a little bit of a, a shock, obviously, entering into university yeah. and not having necessarily someone to, to guide us. To yeah, guide us. Right. So can you tell me about your experience in terms of that? Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, our parents came here to give us the opportunity to... to uh, to require a higher education. I mean, I'm really uh, grateful to be able to have been given the opportunity to do this. It is a little stressful because, uh, I mean, I feel there's a lot of pressure on us as uh, uh, first-generation university students. But at the same time, it's not unreasonable of them to, you know, to have done this. You know, it's very, it's very generous of them. They're not there to always guide us, so they, sometimes they do expect things that are kind of unattainable, but we always do our best, and I think that's the best they can expect, and it's the best we can offer. So mm-hmm. so what are your expectations for your career opportunities after graduation? I was lucky enough to actually find a, a pretty decent in- employment um, before I graduated. My job right now, it's more of a mechanical engineering job mm-hmm. than, than a civil engineering job, so hopefully in the future I'll be able to find something more in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I can't really ask for much than a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And in terms of the job market right now for civil engineering, is do you know anything about? Yeah, the I mean, are? so so I've spent quite a bit of time uh, doing some career exploration. Uh, I didn't start until maybe my second or third year, mm-hmm. more like my third year. I went to a lot of career fairs at, here at Concordia, and um, I felt that a lot of the jobs were for software engineering, mm-hmm. mechanical engineering, and 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 electrical engineering. There wasn't that much for civil. Actually, I volunteered one time at a, at a career fair, and they gave us a list of jobs of employers and the um, discipline that they're looking for. And out of, I would say, 30, maybe two of them were for civil engineering. So the market, I mean, it's not very good right now. I've been told it's more, it's kind of like a roller coaster effect where 
the demand kind of goes up and down. So right now we're kind of at a low point, but hopefully in the future the the civil engineering demand will go up. So mm-hmm. and I know that for a lot of students of our generation that they are thinking, you know, if there's not job opportunities where you are locally, that in some cases it does require you to to yeah relocate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, civil engineering is very, very um, in high demand in western parts of Canada. Um, in Africa, obviously, where there's a lot of structural development to be done. But uh, here in Montreal, we're pretty well covered. There's a lot of companies. The market, I wouldn't say it's saturated, but there's there's not a lot of, of openings at the moment. So. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned you did a lot of career explorations. So can you tell me a little bit more, more about your process in terms of oh, that? Yeah. And if you have any suggestions for other students that are considering a similar path in engineering when they should start looking at options and going to fairs and going to see a career advisor? Okay, yeah, sure. So they should, I mean, students should start as soon as they can. It's, uh, no one really tells you. It's just kind of annoying. I mean, you start, you start off here, and there's a lot of information available, but it's kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. And there's no... No one to really like push you or tell you, okay, uh, check here, check there. Um, so it's more word of mouth. There is a career advancement and planning service on, on the uh, Concordia portal. It's really helpful. There's a lot of jobs on there. I only started looking at that a couple, I think, last year. Um, and then the career fair. Speaking to professors is really helpful. They have a lot of experience, obviously. You want to network a lot. Mm-hmm. Networking is huge. You, these are all the things that no one really tells you. You just kind of have to figure it out on your own. And in terms of networking with professors, do you find that you have a lot of professors here that also have not only academic experience, but work experience and connections in the field? A few of them do. A few of them are really, uh, are really well experienced in the workforce, so they can give you a lot of tips, mm-hmm. a lot of interviewing techniques, and you go see them, and they'll do like a mock interview with you, and they're very helpful. They really want you to succeed, so it's really encouraging. So don't be afraid to speak to your professors or your even your teacher's assistants. They they know what they're doing and they're they're willing to help. Do you find that there's a strong engineering culture community here at Concordia or within the, the city of Montreal? There definitely is. Um, it's it's a very uh, open community. So I mean, there's no real like list of members or anything. You you kind of do what you can. You you can volunteer here and there. You can sign up for any any event that you want to. It's very open. I know now you're just finishing up your fourth year, you're in your final semester, and I know that engineering is a professional program, so can you tell me a little bit about the process in terms of when you graduate, uh, how do you become a uh, engineer, is there an order, an association you need to join? From what I know, it's not a very difficult process. Once you once you graduate, you're able to apply to the Order of Engineer the Quebec, the OIQ. Um, they review your academic profile, your academic record, and if you're eligible to become a member, you you pay a certain fee and you're... Um, you become a junior engineer for a certain period of time. And after you're a junior engineer, you, sh- you need to gain a couple of work experience. So uh, I believe it's two years. And then after that, you, uh, you take a test or two, I think. And then you're, you're a full-fledged professional engineer okay. after that. Yeah. In terms of being a junior engineer, does that come with a little bit of on-the-job training or mentorship? As a junior engineer, you have a mentor to kind of guide you and show them the way of, of the engineer. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I think the junior engineer is really just an apprentice and, and is just there to learn what, what engineering is all about. Before you graduate, actually, um, you, you sign up to, um, to receive an, an iron ring. Um, it's kind of a secretive process. I actually don't know much about it. I, I do know that, uh, that it is kind of a ritual. It's an old ritual, and it's kind of... Uh, tradition. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's very old school traditional kind of thing. And you go and 
you get your ring. I'm pretty excited about it, but I honestly don't know much about it. <laughs> so in hindsight, looking back now that you're in your final semester here at Concordia, I know obviously you said that you've done your internship and you're getting some work experience now, and that mm-hmm. you have tried to do some networking and participate in career events, but is there anything else that you think now, looking back in hindsight, that you would have liked to have participated in or done differently or some courses that could have been beneficial? Or um, That's a good question. I think had I started sooner in... Uh, my career exploration and and looking at looking into jobs sooner, I think it would have helped. Uh, the fact that I only had like one work experience before, or one or two work experiences, kind of it kind of dragged me down. I mean, a lot of the jobs are looking for experience. It's kind of tough. Um, you're applying for jobs, and it says, "Oh, um, university graduate or university student." with two or three years experience and it's like where do I get this experience when I'm not done it's kind of like a weird cycle so uh, maybe if I started sooner I could have gained enough experience to to apply for these jobs but other than that I think I think I did all right um, for myself um, in terms of in terms of career searching Uh, looking back I could have networked a lot earlier a lot sooner like I said networking is is really important and it's not really taught it's just kind of you kind of see people do it, and you you kind of just follow. You you should really go to events and meet people and get their contact information and give your contact information and stuff like that is really important to do. And I know you mentioned at the start of the interview that obviously you chose um, civil engineering, but now looking back or looking forward, that you see that there's a lot more job opportunities in terms of uh, probably electrical engineering, yeah, software, and software engineering, yeah. Yeah. engineering. So now that you see the future job market, do you regret choosing civil engineering or were you really more drawn to it for your, that you're passionate about it and that's something that really um, I think, appeals to you? I think the passion kind of developed over time. Originally, like I said, I was in computer science mm-hmm. at, 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 uh, in the CJEP, so that was my passion at the time. I, I loved software designing or software engineering and uh, I was kind of discouraged from my parents from entering that field because they thought that it wasn't a very wise choice, but looking back now, it <laughs> seems like the better choice. But no, I mean, I'm glad I went into civil. I think it helps me see things in different light. Had I only got into software, I probably would have only seen the software side of things. But now that I'm, I can see the structural and a little bit of the software, I think, I think that's more, bene- I think that's beneficial. And I know you mentioned that a lot of the job postings that you're seeing nowadays, even for entry level junior engineer positions are asking for, yes, obviously the university degree, but the two to three years of experience, which is difficult to yeah. obtain while going to school full time, even if you do, you know, one or two, um, internships or field work, uh, experiences, it's, you know, probably not enough to get no. two to three yeah, years exactly. of full time experience. Um, so is there anything that you think that you could do afterwards if you are, having difficulty, like, do you think there's any uh, merit to doing a master's in engineering, or is it more, since it's a professional program, do you find that, from what you see from your peers that are entering the job market now, are they doing okay with just the bachelor's of engineering, or do you think that a lot of people are considering maybe getting a higher level just to be more competitive in That's the That's a good market? question. There are some some jobs that that, that requested a, a, graduate, a graduate degree, and I have taken some graduate courses, so I can say that um, they don't really... The ones I've taken, anyway, they don't really enhance my knowledge in terms of what I what I used in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, this might be a little bit specific, but I t- I've taken a course in, say, matrix analysis or structural design or structural dynamics, mm-hmm. and those are really good theoretical courses. But again, they didn't really 
served me a lot of purpose when I was working as a surveyor or in my current employment. So, I mean, it helps. I mean, the employers like it, I'm assuming. They want to see if you're capable of challenging yourself intellectually. But in terms of self-advancement or or growth, I I don't see a... A graduate's or a master's degree in engineering to be all that it is cracked up to be, to mm-hmm. be honest. But I don't know. I, I guess it depends on the field that you're looking. It depends on the field, I guess. Yeah, yeah. To get into, and obviously, if you're looking, obviously, to teach some people, do you want to pursue an academic career in engineering? So I'm assuming having a master's and yeah, that definitely PhD helps. Could be helpful at the end of the day. Right. Um, in terms of looking back now, now that you're about to graduate, is there anything that you had as an expectation as a student before? beginning this whole process or from entering from stage up to university that now has like an expectation that you've had that you've completely dismissed now or that has completely changed for you? A lot of the expectations were kind of brought up from my parents more than anything. They thought, well, once you do a university degree, you'll find a job right away as opposed to finishing a stage up degree, you'll be job hunting for the rest of your life or you won't find as a rewarding job as you would if you finished a university degree. I can't say that isn't true because I did find a job. I did find a career, or not a career, but I did find work um, because I went and, and pursued uh, higher education. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not sure if... I mean, I guess I could say that, yeah. I mean, if I, had I not decided to go into civil engineering, um, I'm not sure if there is a, a way that I would have become a civil engineer had I not enrolled in a civil engineering program at university and not sure if there's any other way to do that. So mm-hmm. in my position, there was really no choice to, but to, but to do what I'm doing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And so. I think the expectation is that, you know, that a lot of parents, um, of our generation probably bring up is that, yes, yeah, you could go to university and you're going to get your diploma yeah. and then someone's going to come knock on your door, knock yeah. on your door yeah. and come to you and say, yeah. Stefan, you know, you have, you have a university degree that yeah. give you this job and, yeah. and that's not the reality is that it's, yeah. it's obviously very beneficial to have higher education, especially if you want to specialize and especially if you're looking to pursue something very specific as in engineering and you want to have a professional title to go along with it, of course. But it's there's a lot more required nowadays than would be in the past. Where obviously, yeah, it's not just enough to have the university degree. You really have to have ideally some work experience to go right. along with it and have some connections, and that's really going to be probably a major factor in terms of that. So I think that's a, a, an expectation that a lot of us have that we're going to go right. to university and we we don't we don't uh, coming in to university we don't value work experience as much as our employers do. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we assume that um, I'm just going to get these high grades and and do well during my university career and I'll get a job but I think almost the work experience is almost more valuable at times than than your than your degree mm-hmm. I mean especially now when there's so much information available mm-hmm. you can almost teach yourself a lot of the things and it's almost it's harder for you to teach yourself things that are more hands-on than it is to, to teach yourself theoretical things, so mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the, the classes, even in engineering now, are becoming online classes, which mm-hmm. is very surprising. And they expect you to be able to just kind of teach yourself a lot of the, a lot of the material. So the fact that that is available to you kind of encourages employers to um, to seek out someone who's more experienced in the workforce than someone who just has a. 4.0 GPA or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, mm-hmm. grades are important in a lot of 
scenarios, obviously, if you are looking to pursue even higher education, mm-hmm. if you're looking to apply to master's, I'm sure it's competitive at the end of the day. But if you are ideally looking to enter the workforce directly after your undergrad, then maybe yeah, finding that perfect that balance, balance between right. you know doing well in, in your classes, and obviously some people are relying on, on funding. So yes, you do need to maintain certain grades. Right. So obviously, it is a factor, but. I'm not sure how many places you go to apply to and they're asking you to see your transcript or if you have a, you know, if you put your GP on your CV, that's not really a common practice. Whereas, obviously, if you have your degree and then you have a few different job experiences, internship experiences, that's probably going to be, you know, the deciding factor versus someone who's done very well in all their courses, got, you know, straight A's, but has nothing to really support it in terms of work or practical experience. I would say, I would say even more so. I can't really, I can't really speak on other other departments and other faculties, but I would say even more so in engineering, a lot of the students are are very intelligent mm-hmm. and and they're very they're very academically driven. So they want just to get those high grades and and that's it. And then they lack certain social skills. Unfortunately, they're they're not able to communicate um, their thoughts. And and in engineering, that's really important. And you don't really learn that until you start working. How important it is to communicate with you have your project manager. You have other. Uh, you have your clients. Mm-hmm. You have other coworkers. Some of which aren't engineers. So you can't use all that engineering lingo with with everyone. So it's it's interesting to have conversations with some of the students that are academically go go go, and then and then notice that maybe they, they should spend a little bit more time in in more social environments to, mm-hmm. to develop that, those skills, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's a lot of, obviously, engineering positions maybe are more behind the desk and you're working on your softwares right. and, you know, design, and it's more independent work, but probably a lot of positions, yeah, you're working with a team. You have to make... No, definitely, yeah. You know, communi- communicate, have interpersonal skills. It's not all about the hard technical skills. Right. It's, yeah, the soft interpersonal skills there as well. So it is something that you have to kind of learn... You know, through the class where you're doing group act, you know, group projects or group activities in the class, and obviously, men, you know, trying to seek out mentorship experience is going to networking events because if you come in, you just kind of are more of a introverted person. No, yeah, that, you know, yeah. there might be some, be some positions, but you are going to be maybe limited in terms of your job opportunities at the end because a lot of them do require you to have, you know, yeah, you know, client uh, uh, customer service yeah. abilities yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you tell me what the best piece of career advice is that you've ever received, and do you have a piece of career advice that you like to impart to our listeners? Okay, so the best career advice I've ever received was from a professor at Concordia, and basically he gave a lecture on on uh, career development. He stressed the importance of networking, and to, to be honest, that's like the number one thing. It's about who you know and and your connections, so... If I had to give advice to to anyone else, it'd be just to try to get your name out there, try to get as many contacts and make as many contacts as you can. There's no reason for you not to put your foot in the door or go to a conference or volunteer somewhere and meet people, shake people's hands. If you want, you can have some of your own little cards you can give out and there's a lot of the ways you can do it. A LinkedIn profile is really important. Connect with people. So I think that's that's the best thing to do right now is to get your name out there and network. that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Stefan, for sharing your experience and perspective. For Road to Employment, this is Lindsay for the School to Work podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you tune in next time when we talk to more students and grads about their school to work transition. Thank you.